Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the 99%. My name is Jesse Vondercheck, coach at Top Step Training. I'm here with Elliot. Hey, everybody. Elliot Bassett, Mountain Endurance, mtnendurance.com. And Marilyn Chicota. Hey, guys. Good to be here today. You can find everything with me on mcc.coach. Last month of the year, guys, December. Yeah, Dang. happy holidays. Happy holidays. Can you believe we've been doing this for as long as we have now? Pretty awesome. That's a word you could use. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's good. <laughs> Jesse's like, is that what we call it? Awesome. <laughs> Jesse's going all out for the listener. He's in a garage in an undisclosed location. <laughs> we don't know what country he's in, but he's wearing a lot of clothes. Uh, well, uh, this will come out after I'm gone. So that'll be fine. I can, I can let you guys know I am in upstate New York. I am in a poofy jacket and hat because it is freezing up here right now. Um, but yeah, we are making our way heading, heading to Switzerland, getting, getting out of here for, for a little bit of time. So I said goodbye to Tucson and yeah, getting ready to spend potentially two years in Switzerland. Boo. Yay. Not a bad place to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm sad to leave Tucson. It's definitely hard to like go on my last couple of rides there when it was 70 degrees and say, oh, I'm kind of buckling up for, for an actual winter here. But it'll be a really cool experience. And I'm pretty excited to have Frankie go to an international school and uh, yeah, I get to, get to explore some new training grounds. So next time we host this, I will be hosting from Switzerland. You're going to have a lot of fun on some of the roads. So my, I don't know if I've, we haven't talked about this, but my aunt and uncle live like an hour and a half South um, on the French Swiss border of where you've been. So I've been there quite a bit. Anyways, I've been looking at the map, exploring where you're going to be riding and not telling you about it. And me and Erica have been judging and we're like, oh yeah, that's going to be good. Um, And looking at your weather and debating who's going to go nuts first, you or Amy. So. Well, here's the, I think you're actually going to be really close to where I used to do uh, a camp in Switzerland for the summer. So I think you're going to be riding a lot of the, the roads that I've trained on before. I'm not exactly sure where you're going to be, but, um, but I'm pretty sure it's, it's really, really close. Like you, you fly into the same airport and you're the places that you're describing. I think it's like pretty much exactly where we were at nearly. Well, I'm excited. I'm going to have to hit you guys up for route ideas because I haven't looked at much yet. I'm just <laughs> trying to uh, keep my feet under me here. Um, and uh, just all you need to know is if you get sick of one language, just cross the border because you're right <laughs> at the intersection of Switzerland, Germany and France. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think getting sick of a language is not what I'm worried about. <laughs> there is one. I wish I knew where it was and what it's called. There is a bakery. So I used to ride my bike from lesson in switzerland to this bakery in france in evian france and i literally did the ride just to get there was these giant meringues that were like the size of a football and they were absolutely to die for and i would do that ride just to go get it was long too it was like like three four hour ride just to get this meringue i was like that that was yeah it was like if you had an easy ride day mine turned out to be always be really long because i really wanted that damn meringue and i have no idea where i know where the bakery is like i could take you there I don't know what it's called or the name of the streets or anything. So you'll have to tell me if you find it. All right. Well, summer project, Marilyn, you got to <laughs> come out and take me to this bakery. Yeah, exactly. That and the UCI center. That's pretty cool. Oh, cool. The UCI center is cool. And the, well, I mean, 
he'll be a little north of there, but the the Olympic um, Museum's right there in Lausanne as well, but he'll be not too far north. Short train ride away, and the trains are very nice. Nice. Mm -hmm. uh, Marilyn, what's new with you? What's new with me? I'm starting to adapt to the whole swim bike run again. That's been... Uh, <laughs> Oh man, right? So like, as you all know, I rode bikes a lot the last number of years, but when you bring, do all three sports together again, your body obviously goes, what the hell? And it took me the last few months to not feel like someone ran me over with a truck. I'm finally starting to feel like a normal human being, like I can handle it all three again and uh, not feel like a truck hit me every single day. So, so that's been fun. So that's been good. I'm not going fast at any of it yet, but I'm actually handling it all now, which is good. Awesome. Good step. Yeah. yeah. And Elliot, where, where are you at these days? We're in Boulder, Colorado. Erica's just getting kind of back into training. Um, I have all the world triathlon races and kind of the build up and looking at the whole how the heck do you qualify for the olympics oh hey you're on the u.s women's team which means there's like nine girls ranked in the top 30 in the world uh good luck with that um so you know i feel like pinky in the brain like what are we doing today we're trying to take over the world um and the whole world is against us but no the the training's been really smooth um apparently it's a it's a bad winter but by our standards compared to montana it's been great there's been opportunities to ride outside at least a couple times a week we've got great trails great pool access uh people are nice i met a. am working with like a, a pretty fun pt and as far as my physical body is concerned i was like okay i'd been crushing my pt for like three weeks and i was like do you think i'm ready to run and he laughed at me so <laughs> and and i was like and, and then he was like you can lift like uh, 10 pounds almost anywhere, but if it's more than that, it better be right up against your chest. And I'm like, oh my God. So anyways, that's where I'm at. I did just shovel the, shovel the driveway for over two hours today. And uh, my radiating shooting pain is about as minimal as you could ask for, for two hours of shoveling. So what, you, what make, do you have? What's going on? Oh, it's too long to explain. Okay. Nerves are firing. It's all over yeah. the place. Okay, he was you. just like, everything's broken and i was like oh that's been many years everything has been broken so right. but it's going well yeah it's good times and erica's training is going smooth she's out on her new skate skis making laps on the fresh snow so it's uh it's a good life awesome uh well as you guys mentioned earlier it is the end of the year which means a new year is starting very very soon which means uh most people if they haven't already are thinking about goal setting and goal setting in the context of, in, in this podcast, goal setting in the context of triathloning. And uh, yeah, maybe people are working on some short-term goals if they have like a spring Ironman or a spring race coming up. Other people are thinking about, hopefully starting to think about some long-term goals. And and yeah, I was hoping we could kind of unpack a little bit of goal setting for the listeners. Yes, sorry. I just realized I should turn it. No, I just totally forgot about it. Thanks, Ellen. So Marilyn, you've got a lot of experience with goal setting. Um, how do you, how do you, do you roll through this with your athletes and how does that look? Yeah, we obviously, this is something that I, I think is really important. First of all, like end of the year, I do a really detailed end of the year debrief with all my athletes and I'm sure that they hate me for it because I'm always just up their butts about like, please hand in your end of year debrief. And really what it is, is 
just reflecting on how the year went went as a whole, where we're at, and then where we're going forward. And, you know, that's when the goal setting comes into place. Because once you have a a chance to reflect on, okay, what did we actually accomplish this year? Because it's easy to forget what happened last year in February, March, April, May through the year. You're only really thinking about what just happened maybe like last week, right? Or the last few months. So we do a really good reflection on the last year and dive through some of the numbers, dive through some of what was actually ticked off and accomplished. And you look at, hey, you know, what, what did we set out to do last year? And did we, did we do that? Did we surpass it? Did we fall short on some things? And, um, and then we start putting together from that, what's, where are we going from there, right? Like, what's the next set of goals? What's, what's a fire in your belly? How has it changed from the last 12 months? What, what do we need to address as far as, you know, physically, mentally, equipment, all of the above? I mean, there's so many aspects to it that, now you've got that time to, to, to dive through everything, you know, rake through all the coals and say, where, do, where are the pieces that fell short and where do I want to go? And what, what really excites me and gets me focused. And so you have that, that big picture of the whole lay of the land, and then you, you break it down from there, you know, so. And when you do that, do you have any any specific questions that you lean into for like the, how the last year went or how the last, like however many years went, do you, is there like, I mean, I'm sure you asked him a few questions, but there's one or two where you're like, Hey, th- this is the question that, that helps me really get the most information. Yeah. I actually like, if you even just go onto my site and go to the guidelines and forms, I have that year end debrief and goal setting out guidelines and and I've got a few goal setting guidelines and even articles through my whole site that are real specific goals but I think it's important to say you know what did you learn you know that's like probably the most important thing for people to recognize because results are one thing as far as yeah how many how many um achievements did you uh, gather through the year but really those come and go and there's so many variables that that are placed in terms of like, did you actually, you know, win your age group or did you qualify for world championships? Those are nice, but there, we know after you've been at this for a really long time, it's not everything. And there's so many things that can play into that factor. It doesn't mean that you didn't achieve your goals from that past year. It's like, what did you actually learn and how did you progress? You know, what was, because everybody in human nature, whether it be in sports or, um, you know, any any area of your life, you're looking for progress, right? That's what keeps the fire alive. So did we make progress and did we learn something? And then what do we need to do to continue to progress from there? And then you've got your categories, right? Like, like I say, where is, where is that doing really well and where are we falling short? And it might be, you know, within somebody's personal you know, organization of their life, or it might be within how they set their goals. It might be physical. It might be, you know, and, and, and each one of those has their own categories. If it's physical, is it, was it speed? Was it endurance? What is it, you know, strength? Was it in the swim, the bike, the run, where, where was it? So there's so many ways to dive through this, but very specifically broad paintbrush, important question to ask is, did we progress? Did we make progression? And what did we learn? You know, and that's, those are really important questions to dive through with people as you review the last year and look at goal setting towards the next year. 
I'm going to piggyback. Um, I agree with everything. <laughs> Since you were asking. Um, and then, of course, my mind goes blank. So what did you like? Um, what did you maybe not do well? So like the other thing I would add on to that list is like, where, where, where were your shortcomings and why? And when you had things that were successful, like what are the specific reasons you had success and like trying to identify those and then trying to figure out what are the reasons you didn't have success and then trying to identify like, is there some way we could rearrange our training or our structure, or our life so that the things that we're more successful at, uh, or sorry, the things we're less successful at have a higher chance of succeeding in the future. And is that the style of a workout? Is that a placement of a workout? Is it how, like, maybe there's only so much space in your life where you can actually do things properly and kind of figuring those things out. So that's the only thing I'd add. Yeah, I like it. Basically a SWOT analysis for the athlete. A squat analysis? SWAT. SWAT. What does that mean? Strengths, opportunities, weaknesses, and um, like threats. I, okay, but the weaknesses is second? Or wait, I can't. Well, I mean, spell. it's just a quadrant. It's like a, a quadrant. So it doesn't matter what goes where. Okay, gotcha. Sorry. I thought it was. Okay, carry on. Um, but yeah, basically you're saying like, what would we do well? And then why did it work? And how is that an opportunity for the future, right? Like, what can we learn from the, the systems that were in place when we we're doing things well? What didn't go so well? And how does that threaten pr progress in the future? And you kind of look at like those limiters and, and those opportunities in order to like try and set yourself up for success in the next year, right? To like limit those, those things that maybe got in the way of training and increase the things that supported your training or, or supported like the, the lifestyle that you're trying to, to create here. Right. Yeah. And I think as coaches too, what's, what's really important is, you know, we get an outside perspective and sort of a bird's eye view on what's going on with athletes. And one thing I've enjoyed doing for my athletes over the years is recognizing where their passions and strengths are based on their actions throughout maybe a year or a number of years and capitalizing on those strengths. So for example, if I see someone who maybe they've set a goal for themselves, like they said, I want to be an Ironman athlete and they kind of did one Ironman, they did okay, but you can see throughout the year, their, their uh, drive and their fire and their ability and their life circumstances, everything is sort of beating them down and not in line with being able to be an Ironman athlete, but every single time they go out on their mountain bike or trail run or go short and fast, they have this like fire in their belly and it works with their life and their family is happy and it works with their schedule. And they're super excited about getting out on the trails. You might make a suggestion to them at the end of that season and say, you know, I know that you really had your heart set on being an Ironman athlete. However, it doesn't seem like you're excited about that as much as you are about exterior racing or the, um, you know, the extreme races, every time you get out on your mountain bike or you're out on your trails, your family's happy, your work is good. Your energy is high. You're super motivated and doesn't seem like a chore. Maybe we should revisit some of these other areas that fall more in line with your life and your personality and base your goals around that. Another example I have is an athlete who every time they do a big open water swim, they're just really, really fired up. They fit in that community really well. They're talented at it. They, they just have like a, 
innate ability to go out into really cold waters and swim a long time and do better and better. And we say, okay, I know you love being a triathlete and we're going to keep those triathlon goals rolling. However, I think you have a true talent in being an, a, you know, a 10 K open water swimmer. And like, let's set some goals around some big, cold, um, open water swims. And so you can, as a coach, you have an opportunity to point out to your athletes, some talents that they have and help direct their goals based on things you see them doing that excite them and make them happy, even though they might not see it. I even personally had that for me with, with, you know, with bike racing and triathlon, cause I balance the two. They're like, you know, you're excited about this, but you seem really excited when you go do this, maybe you should try this for a little while and see how you go. And then it redirected some goals. So I think there's some opportunity as, as coaches, instead of always, yes, we want to know what puts a fire in um, an athlete's belly and where their mind is at and what they see as their next goals. But we can also recognize people's strengths and where they have some opportunity to do something great. You know, like um, I, I know I've been doing a lot of talking here, but another, another great example was when I Chrissy Wellington, when she was racing, she really wanted to be an Olympic athlete. She wanted to go to the Olympics. And her coach at the time said, actually, you're going to be one of the greatest long course athletes ever of all time. And she was like, I have no interest in going, doing an Ironman. And I want to go to the Olympics. And, and he was like, no, actually, you're going to be one of the best long course athletes of all time. And this is what you're going to do. So he recognized something in her that gave her a career and um, and eventually changed the sport and it was super special, but it's not something she saw in herself. She was going to the Olympics. So I think that's an interesting thing, conversation you can have between coach and athlete at this time of year as well. Another, I, another good litmus for this is I, I get this one, um, when I get home is what kind of mood are you in when you get, when you get home from a workout and, you know, if you, um, if you live with someone, you can kind of like look back and say, Hey, like over the last year, when was I psyched when I got home and like, when was I cranky? And, and that can be, it can be really eye opening Cause like, you know, I, I think I like certain things and it's really, it can be really hard to actually discern what actually brings you joy. But then, you know, Amy's like, well, every time you got home from that workout, you were like angry for like an hour. And every time you got home from these other workouts, you were like psyched and like giving me high fives. So it's like pretty clear to me, which ones you like better. And you don't seem to see that at all. So <laughs> It can be a good thing. Like, you know, if you are, you know, uh, coaching yourself, say maybe you take notes on that and take notes on how you feel after your workouts. And if you look over time, maybe you can see some patterns or look back on the year and say, oh yeah, like every time I had to do whatever it is, a five hour ride in the aero bars, I was like miserable. And every time I did this other thing, I was super excited. And, and if you don't have that person, that's been kind of looking at what you've been doing, you can also try and evaluate that yourself. And and it is like that in the moment, how you feel. And I think also like, I mean, for me, I know there's that lingering and I see it with a lot of my athletes, how, you know, like you said, like they get out on a trail on and you're like, oh, that was amazing. And they're on a high for, for like, uh, you know, three days and they're invigorated in sport. So, so yeah, trying to really reflect on what actually brings you joy and then saying, Hey, how can I incorporate more of that into my goals for the future? It can be a really good step to, make those goals actually mean something and be super excited about what you're going to do. And I think that's what Marilyn was touching on as well. Like as a coach, if you notice an athlete is just skipping a certain kind of workout at all <laughs> times, like 
I mean, yeah, it's like <laughs> you guys are all giggling because you're like, oh, yeah, you just thought of 17 different people and there's in there each their specific thing that they just don't do. Um, and so then like a lot of times that's our job as workaround. If you're if you're like a professional, that's your job. It's like, hey, OK, like th this is how you're making money. Like you probably just need to do the thing. But if if it's anybody else, it's like, OK, well, it's our job to figure out how this is going to get done. If that's not part of what you're going to do, if you're just not going to do it. You're not going to do it. And we'll just have to figure out a way around it. So anyways. That'd be a reason to have a coach as long as they're actually paying attention to that stuff. And I know you guys are because you guys just started cracking up. Yeah, I was laughing specifically. I had an athlete that I have one athlete that I've worked with a really long time. I totally no names, no names. Yeah, no, he, he's <laughs> awesome. He works his ass off and he's such a cool athlete. And, you know, he did a lot of great things in triathlon. And then there was this period of time where, I, you know, he didn't really say anything, but he was only doing the bike workouts. And I was like, so, um, are you running and swimming at all anymore? And he was like, actually, I think I just want a bike race. And I was like, okay, well just like, let just say that. Like, it's okay. It's good. That's okay. If you want to do that. And he was like, yeah, I think I just want a bike race. And I was like, okay, cool. And then we spent the last two years, him just bike racing. And of course, just like when he was a triathlete, he's totally kicked ass, won national championships, goes wins races overall, and, you know, has a blast and continues to improve and progress. And it just, it evolved, you know, it, it evolved with his life, um, circumstances, time commitments, what excited him, things that he wanted to experience. And it just, it just sort of happened that way. Like he just stopped doing <laughs> other two workouts. And I was watching it for like months. Like I was like, oh, oh, this might just be a lull. And then I kind of kicked him in the ass a couple of times. Like, Hey, you need to get in the pool and run. Like, you know, and there was a bit of that and they still weren't getting done. And I was like, okay, clearly you don't want to be a triathlete. So like, what's going on? <laughs> so yeah, sometimes it happens that way as well. You figure out what you actually, what your goals are going to be or what you want them to be. I think, uh, as long as we're on the topic, we haven't talked about timeline as far as like when people are picking out specific goals and, and like having space for like, is this an, is this something you're trying to accomplish immediately longer term and realizing that like, you don't have to be on this exact trajectory towards your goal at all times. And maybe there is time like in, for instance, around new year's for having like small divergences from the goal, if you will, like you don't have to be on this direct perfect course. You just need to be generally heading the right way. Um, so anyways, I know you guys have a few thoughts on that. Yeah, that, that one is really hard for me to compute. It's like, I, I understand what you're saying and I totally agree. But at the same time, I like, I struggle. I struggle with that one. It's like, well, but we want to be moving towards the goal and we want to be thinking about what's going on in the future and how do we get there? And it has to be like this, this straight line. And, and so, yeah, when, it, it is hard for me to, to mentally give that space. I mean, I can do it for my athletes, but for me personally, I struggle <laughs> to, <laughs> to give, to give the space of like, Oh, it's okay to like, you know, not be on this exact linear path towards my goal. And I, I've had to do that a lot for myself right now because I'm getting ready to move across the world. And so I'm not on a path towards a goal right now, which uh -huh. doesn't sit well with me, but um, there are some fun things you can do that are okay, even if they're not on the path, right? That's kind of, and they can also actually make you faster in the long run in kind of through, through other ways, right? 
Yeah, I think that's, I think mostly what we're getting at is the, the real clear definition between, you know, when is it important to rein things and have them be very specifically driven goals for um, outcome goals, right? You know, you've got your race that you're going to, to achieve a certain result or times. And then there's the period of the year, the further you, uh, if you work backwards, right, you've got your race date and those goals, and say you're, it's like four weeks, eight weeks, 12 weeks, 16 weeks, when you're 20 weeks plus out from that goal, it's much more about the process goals, right? And so what do those process goals look like? And it might be, hey, I just need to swim, bike and run every single week and show up every week. And there's going to be no specific times around it or very paces or efforts or anything like that. I just need to make sure I show up at the pool three times a week and get through the swim. And then obviously once you're doing that for, and you start to get closer, you know, the closer you get to the race, the more your workouts are going to become more specific to your actual event and to your actual goals and being driven towards the outcome that you're motivated towards. So the further you are, are away from that very specific event or thing that's important to you, like I say, when you're at like 20 weeks plus out from it, which is that time frame we're at now, everything should be process orientated and process orientated goals. And, and so, yes, we have this, there's that whole thing, long-term goal, you've got the long-term goal in the vision and you know, but the very short-term immediate goals, they look quite different than when we're within 12 weeks, eight weeks, four weeks, two weeks of a specific event that we want a very important result. Right. And so it's like, yeah, it's, long-term goal, but then within that, when we're far away from it, what are my short-term process goals? I just need to get through all of my bike rides this week. It doesn't matter if I go fast in all of them or, but I show up for every single one of them. I need to make sure I get four runs done this week, you know, and, you know, things like that. So they're much more simple, not as specific. And like we were talking about off air a little bit, maybe some of those become adventure type stuff that, they don't serve a purpose in terms of being specifically faster, but they're so far away from the actual event that they serve other purposes, right? That maybe they change your perspective on what you think is hard or, you know, how you, how tough you think you are or something like that. So perspective on what you think is far, what you think is difficult. Uh, we were talking about hundred hundreds in the water specifically since we, that's a big master's thing. If you're listening to this and you're wondering why the heck would someone swim 10,000 meters or 10,000 yards? Um, and, and that's a huge set. And, and when you do a set like that, like the first time I did it, I did 150s and I was a terrible swimmer and I was going on the send off of real swimmers swimming hundreds. And I, I'm pretty sure I crawled out of the pool a lot more tired and looking like a dead rat than they did. Um, but then it totally changed my mind because up until that point, I think probably the most I'd ever swam was maybe 2,500 and it was an ugly 2,500 and doing 5,000 all of a sudden, the next thing I knew I could just swim 3,000 because I didn't think 3,000 was nearly that far. Um, and so that's one thing that like physiologically, it just made me exhausted for multiple days and I didn't like gain anything from my workouts surrounding that. But as a person who was very dedicated to trying to actually learn how to swim and was going to go to the pool six, seven, eight times a week, nine times a week. It really changed a lot in just one workout. And this is a time of year where you can 
spend some time doing stuff like that. And you can also spend some time doing stuff that like is maybe just purely for fun. And you're like, well, I'm fit and I need to like enjoy X, Y, Z. And there's not a lot of time for X, Y, Z. Like for some people, it's, it's just going on a mountain bike ride when you're normally riding your road bike or your time trial bike. Right. And just like, okay, I'm going to do like technical downhill stuff. And that's great for bike handling, but on a lot of, you know, non-draft, um, triathlon courses there's like five u-turns and nothing else like you don't really need many technical skills so that that that's i think the sort of thing like now is a great time when you are further out from a goal to experience that sort of thing and still be working towards your goal but maybe your day-to-day mind is not really on it at all right it's a little bit more robust what you're trying to get done and accomplish and yeah, it could even be on purpose, right? If you know you have like a weakness where you're like, hey, this is like mentally challenging for me, you could try and do something kind of in that vein to try and overcome that mental hurdle and get yourself that new perspective so that you can have kind of a, a new different perspective that you want to have going into the new year where it's like, hey, I'm going to do this thing that's for fun. And, but maybe I do think I need to gain some sort of like mental strength in some capacity of my training. And yeah, you can, you can definitely gain that by, by doing something that's like a little bit epic and that's maybe the fitness boost isn't there, maybe the fun factors there and then, you know, gain some great perspective and like mental clarity on, on the direction that you're going. What just, um, have you guys ever went into a workout specifically thinking this is to like expand me from a mental perspective or more did it just happen? Cause I know for myself, every single kind of workout like that, that I can think of, it was more just like, can I even do this? And it wasn't a race. So like you had your, like, if you needed to go to the bathroom or, you know, you had to stop for two extra gas station stops or you, you know, like some of my bigger hike runs I've done, I just like was sitting on the side of a mountain crying, eating Swedish fish, you know, and you're like, okay, I'm 30 miles from, from home. And I've got us, you know, we're going to be sleeping in the rain under some lean to. And, but that's not why I went out. Jesse, don't make a face like that. It was a good time. And, (laughs) but like, I didn't go into them thinking I was going to gain mental toughness. I went into them thinking one, either can I finish this or this sounds cool. And a lot of it, when I was younger, it was like, I want to be a person who can do this. Like even just the first time I rode a hundred miles, it was like so foreign to me. I'd never even ridden 50 miles. Right. Or I guess I'd ridden 50 miles like two days before. And that was to date my longest ride. And it was just like, can I even do this? We're about to find out and just kind of like strapping up more just for the excitement of it. In some ways, it's it's a lot of ways that like how people approach a marathon and Ironman, um, a lot of triathlons, you're going in with that excitement of like, can I do this? But it's just a, in this case, it's just a specific event. Like I thought the same way with can I do uh, 150s? Uh, I can't remember the send off. It was very generous if you're even a halfway reasonable swimmer. Like if you know how to not drown, you could have done the set. Um, but for me at the time, I was like, we'll see. I'm pretty good through 20, you know, a thousand. And after that, I didn't know. Um, so anyways. For, for me at this point, you know, I understand what you're saying. And for a lot of athletes I coach, it's, you know, that you're sending them into something with the perspective that they've never done it before. If they're doing something really big to change their perspective 
towards their goals in the next year. And so that's that unknown, like you're talking about, like when we're younger or like you say, with athletes that are new and we're sending them into something that's like, Hey, we don't, the whole challenge is going to be just go at it and see if you can finish this. And, And a lot of events are even like that for them for athletes that have been at it a long time. And I find this for myself because the type of training I've done over my career, there's not, it's more the perspective of I'll pick things I know actually are going to be mentally really challenging for me just to check in with myself that I have the ability to still be tough because I've suffered so much in some periods of my training throughout the years that I don't, I find myself often not wanting to hurt that much anymore. And to be honest, gotten a little bit soft sometimes to a point that I I'm not comfortable with that for myself. And so I'll actually put myself in situations where I know I have the potential to mentally crack or put challenges in front of myself where I think like, actually, this is going to require for me to not turn into like a, I know how much is this is going to hurt. And I don't want to hurt that much again, because I've hurt a lot over 24 years. And so, and I, and it's easy for me to make the choice not to, because there's no pressure for me to hurt anymore either. Right. Like what's back, back then I had to, because I had to win a race to pay my bills. So it was like, there was really no choice. Plus I was young and hungry. And a lot of it, I was like coming from the perspective you're talking about Elliot, whereas like, you didn't know how much it was going to hurt until you were in the middle of it. So now I know. Um, I'm I'm older. I've been at it a long time. I know how much certain things can really hurt. And sometimes I'm like, you know, I don't really don't need to hurt that much anymore. And I can talk myself out of it. And so I will actually go into certain things knowing how much they're going to mentally challenging me, challenge me and try and push myself through it on purpose just to check in with myself that I'm not, you know, sliding, sliding back into a type of person that I don't want to be basically, you know, cause that's an, and that's different for everyone. That's just important to me. You know, it's important to me to keep challenge. And that same, like people say, there's a thing as if you're, you're as humans, we're always looking for progress. That's why we set goals. Right. But when you've done the, a lot of the best things that you're going to do and something you enjoy when you're a lot younger, the progress has to look different now because it's not necessarily going to be in times, placements, or goals anymore. And so how do you set goals when you're in that position? So that's more like if you're an older athlete, experienced athlete, or you're, um, have already achieved a lot of the best goals that are maybe on paper. I I want to win a race. Well, I've already done that. I'm not ever going to do that again. I want to set a PR in this. Well, you know, like that, those ones are sort of ticked off and taken off the plate. So some people would say, well, go do something else. Well, I already have done that too. And I realize what I love to do is this. So now how do we reshape the goals and what challenges you and what pushes you? And so very much like what you were just talking about, Ellie, is that for me, sometimes I do put myself in positions that I'm like, this is going to be really tough for me. And I know how much it's going to hurt because I've been here before. And it's like, now the goal is, you better knuckle down and and show up, put your big girl panties on and, and get through this and show yourself what you, that you can do it. You know, it doesn't matter that you're 45 and doesn't matter that you're XXX, all the 100 excuses and reasons you've given yourself to, to not, you know, push yourself through that. So those now might be your goals. I know I find that's important for me. And I, and I help a lot of my athletes that have been at it, you know, work through the similar types of things. I, I totally agree. Yeah. I like to use some of those different, different ways for the older athletes to, to set goals. Cause yeah, you can't 
continue to strive for say PRs when, you know, you're, you're our age anymore. So let, I'm going to throw a curveball at you guys. What are your goals for the year? Oh, mine are, uh, my PT asked me and that was, it was like, this is so easy. Uh, basically my goals are to be healthy enough and eventually fit enough to just be able to regularly do Erica's easy rides and runs. And the stretch goal is to, um, be able to do like, basically to be able to ride with her on par equal. I mean, I'll, I'll be able to sprint faster than her for at least a couple of years without trying at all. Um, much to her chagrin, but, um, that I meant more like on like long threshold intervals, be able to like do the hard crit style workouts that we used to do a lot basically before I got hurt. Um, so yeah, that's that. And then just basically get healthy enough to, to be running again. I mean, I'm lucky enough that it doesn't take too much actual training. I just need to be healthy. Um, but part of that is honestly like making sure I get my work done on time and, and, you know, doing the dishes on time. So I have enough time to sleep and still recover and do all the other things I need to do from a coaching perspective. So, yeah. So what, what, uh, processes are you going to focus on to make that happen? I mean, like right now it literally is like doing the dishes immediately after dinner. And cause like that plays into me getting enough sleep to fit it in around work. Right. Like my, my schedule is relatively hectic because I live with a true full-time athlete and like when it comes down to it, none of my workouts matter compared to the least important workout of hers. Um, and like, she won't say that she'd love to make, she does make time and says, okay, you can go do this. But like, at the end of the day, I'm far too competitive to, um, to like, I'm like this, this helps her, even if it's a, a fraction of a fraction of a percent. So the, the real process is just that and making time for like, okay, I I'm going to space out my physical therapy in this way. I'm making time for me to do my physical therapy. Like Erica's already making fun of me. She's like, oh, you're down, you know, you're in the room. You're making all sorts of funny noises, doing like weird balance things. And I'm doing everything I'm supposed to be doing. Unfortunately, I've just broken so many things that it's just this laundry list of things I have to fit, fix. Um, and, but I mean, like I'm doing it, it's working quite well. Like I said, at the, at the top, like I was able to shovel for two and a half hours with it, basically zero comp with zero issues. And that sounds really silly for somebody who's trying to be able to bike and run with someone who's like the 30th best woman in the world at the, this point. Um, but that's essentially part of the process. Right. And like, why was shoveling so important? The car was frozen shut and she had a swim workout and getting in back to like her specific goals. Like one of her things is she loves snow sports. She loves skiing you can cross country ski and prepare for a triathlon somewhat at the same time. She just got a brand new pair of skis. So it's like, she has to do her swim. You can't get around not swimming and train at her level. So she has had to get to the pool in time in order to have time to ski. And now she's out skiing because I was shoveling. So like all of these things go in line um, and boils down to like me doing, me doing my PT and doing the dishes on time. And if I do the dishes on time, I have time to do my PT. So that's like, really silly but that's functionally how it works no yeah i think that's really good to recognize and then you know like try and create that habit now so that when her training picks up you're already in in that routine and hope that'll set you up for success as well as her yeah fingers crossed um marilyn yeah are you asking specifically like what's our what's our physical or like our our own sporting physical goals <laughs> uh well it doesn't have to be i i think you have some of those for this year. So that's kind of what I was thinking, 
but yeah. if you want to take it another way, you can as well. Yeah. Well, basically I, you know, I'm, um, doing St. George 70.3, which will be my first triathlon in quite a long time. And my goal is to show up at that in good enough shape to do the athletes that are, um, doing that with me where they convinced me to do it, that I, that I do them proud, you know, that I am able to toe the line and give it a good effort. And I don't actually know what that means in terms of like time or anything like that right now, but I, I definitely, it's important to me to, to do them proud that I stand on the start line with them and able to race strong from start to finish. And then we'll kind of see from there. So physically it's been a fun journey and I've got lots of little stepping stone. That could be a whole episode, stepping stone goals, to getting myself back to that point after a long time of not swim, bike and run. So that would be my physical goal for sure. And, um, and always with my athletes, it's, you know, the same, I do the same evaluation of my coaching and my programming that I do with, you know, each one of my athletes, like, how did it go this year? Were there any major, you know, ups and downs, were there any glaring, overriding, um, obvious things that happened with all of the athletes that I need to look at my program and, and re, you know, rehaul and sort of say like, this is where we need to do better. I do that with each one of the athletes. And I look at myself as a coach and think like, what did I do really well this year for everyone? And what's one more thing I can, seek out and learn as a coach to bring to my athletes to continue to make them better. So these are things that I'm always trying to make sure that me as a coach is bringing stuff to the table that's making them better. And so I'm right in that process right now, getting feedback from all my athletes. I send out a really specific form. You know, how did I do when we're coaches and we're self-employed, we don't have you know, a boss sort of doing a year evaluation. So I actually send out a form to all my athletes at the end of the year and, and get a summary evaluation of how did I do this year? And I take a look at that. And then I look at the program. I look at the results of the athletes. I look at where I'm at and my, my own learning and my own, I'm um, continuing to build my tool set as a coach and say like, how can I get even better for next year and bring that to all of my athletes? And, um, you know, just little things like that, taking on new projects and how can I keep learning and growing as far as a coach as well. So physically, and then professionally, those are, those are where I'm at. Jesse, do you have any goals other than go to Switzerland and don't get kicked out? <laughs> uh, that's a good starting point is yeah. Go to Switzerland and don't get kicked out. Learn German, learn, learn German, at least enough to get by. And, um, Swiss and, German. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, learn how to do Swiss German and, and then, um, yeah, hopefully can, can communicate at least. Okay. Um, how's but, your French? Cause you're like literally going to be two K away from France. Yeah. It's horrible. It's non-existent. It's fine. I've got time. Duolingo on the plane. I'll get there. <laughs> but I, I tried that going to Spain. It did not work, but, <laughs> um, I'll give you my, actually, I do have some athletic goals though. And I, <laughs> Elliot would like to hear them. I still think that I can go faster than I've, than I've ever gone. And I would like to do that this year. That'd be very nice. So I think it's going to be challenge Roth again. So yeah, I'd like to go to challenge Roth and go sub eight twenty, And that would mean I have to run decently fast. And that is my, my athletic goal. My other athletic goal is to race less. 
which I need to put out there because I am not good at telling myself that. So I'm going to try and race less, race a shorter season and, you know, still train while I'm not racing, but really try and work on shrinking down my race schedule and only racing at two parts in the year, like a spring race series and a fall race series and not race all year long. Do I have permission to heckle you if you're showing up on too many start lines? Uh, please do. I would appreciate that. That's uh that'd be greatly appreciated. There's so many you... races in Europe too. <laughs> I, you're gonna I go know. nuts. There's like you can race something every week. <laughs> I mean, I want to do that for you know a small block of time in the spring, a small block of time in the fall, and then be able to spend some time not racing while I'm in Switzerland. Do you do you think you probably haven't even thought of it, but you know how there's like a Swiss national series? I haven't really thought of it. Yeah. I, I did not know there was. It's, you don't plant that seed because he's trying to not race as much. Don't give him more. It's like, hey, I don't know. No, no, no. I'm challenging that. him. <laughs> I'm offering him a beer when he's not supposed to be drinking. And then I'm just going <laughs> to yank it away and be like, what were you thinking? <laughs> I'm double agent. Uh, <laughs> there are some cool races on the series that you should look at. <laughs> great. Thanks. <laughs> great. Um, <laughs> That's a good, that's a good goal. So like, is that Ironman specific? Cause obviously like Roth is, I want to say June 23rd this year. So somewhere around there. Um, and so if you're in Switzerland, you would have a time to do like one or two races before, and that could kind of be your, your block. And, and normally you're racing in like March. So probably not this year. Right. Um, yeah. And then I want to be able to spend some time in the summer, like exploring, hiking, things like that, where I'm not like, oh, I need to get my, you know, my long ride and my long run in because I'm doing um, an August Ironman. So I want to be able to like, yeah, kind of still train, still have fun, be active. That's all part of it. But, but have some time where I can just explore and don't feel that pressure of, of what I need to get done. And and yeah, I guess I'll, I'll throw a professional goal in there as well. In that I'm not always the best at communicating what I'm thinking with my athletes as far as like, Hey, why is the week structured like this? And what is, what are like the main important things in, in this block? And, and like, I know what they are. And if they ask me, I will always tell them, but I don't often just put that in there for them. And so I'm trying to work on being a little bit more forward with my communication and on like the thought process um, into why I'm giving the workouts and, and yeah, like that's often a discussion I have, but, um, I know a few of my athletes have kind of requested that that's, that's in there so that they know ahead of time. And then that helps them to understand. So I am working on that for, for them. And, uh, and yeah, so that's being more upfront with the explanation and communication process. Yeah. Yeah, I tend to be more of like a, a laid back, like you come to me, you ask questions, but kind of trying to flip that and say, hey, this is this is the why. And then, so it's always there for them. Do as I say, that's why. Well, yeah, I mean. Just do if, it, Dan. If don't they have a question. Don't look at what I'm doing. Don't look at my Strava, but do what I say. <laughs> you have right. to have like a private Strava where everyone's let in, except that, I mean, you just got to follow suit with me and just do nothing. So. <laughs> You can't question you can't question nothing um uh i'm gonna strava my shoveling okay all right well i don't know that was fun guys i think it was uh it was great to hear you know some of your processes and goal setting and like making sure that they have the outcome and the process goals in there and then 
you know, what they need to do along the way, getting a little bit of that mental training in there. And I appreciate you guys sharing your goals with me um, on a public forum like this. I feel like that's, it's the best way to make them real. And I, I encourage athletes to do that as well. Like have your goals, create them, and then, you know, be willing to share them with people that are close to you. Hopefully it's a coach that you're working with. And if it's, if it's not, then, you know, the people that are close to you, your friends and family, so that, so that that makes you more accountable just by, even if no one ever asks you about it, just by the fact that you actually said it out loud. So I think that's a really good step. And that's why I was, I was glad to have the opportunity and to, to hear what you guys are, are um, setting for goals for the season. I'm going to do the dishes and some PT now. <laughs> I'm not you. even kidding. <laughs> Thanks, Jesse. Thanks, right, yeah, if, if people, if people want to um, check out, I have a ton of articles on my site on goal setting and, and all of that. So go ahead and check those out if you need some help and guidelines. And I'll put a link to, to at least some of those in the show notes, and then they can kind of explore the site from there. Cool. Thank you. That was, right. that was fun, guys. Happy New Year's. Thanks.